0: Amen. Hey, check this out. One day uh, Pastor Bobby's dishwasher quit working, right? Just work with me. Yeah, yeah. It's just it was horrible, right? And so what did he do? He called up Jim Jubenville, right? Why? Cuz he's a deacon. That's what deacons do. They deek. That right? uh, means minister. means servant. So he calls up Jim, Jubinville, deacons. And so uh, Pastor Bobby asks uh, Jim, he says, hey, hey, could you take a look at my dishwasher, you know, and see if you could fix it for me? And Jim, of course, being a Christian and a deacon involved, he said, yeah, sure, I'd love to. Right? And so, but the problem was Pastor Bobby wasn't going to be able to be there the next day. And uh, when Jim came over to fix it, because he had another appointment, you know, being pastor, you're busy and all staring at the wall drinking iced tea all day, taking naps. <laughs> that ain't funny. <laughs> right? Uh, so so Jim, uh, Pastor Bobby left Jim with these instructions since he wasn't going to be there. He says, hey, uh, Jim, I'm going to leave the key under the doormat, okay? And you just let yourself in to fix the dishwasher, but, 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 but don't worry about my Rottweiler. <laughs> now, now he, he won't bother you, but whatever you do, Jim, whatever you do under any circumstances, don't talk to my parrot. Well, Jim, he arrives at Pastor Bobby's place the next day. He discovered the biggest, meanest, ugliest looking Rottweiler he'd ever seen in his life. But sure enough, just like Pastor Bobby said, the dog, he just lay there right there on the carpet. He's watching Jim the whole time, going about his business, no problem whatsoever. But the whole time he was there, that parrot, that parrot, man, was driving Jim nuts, man. Just wouldn't stop this incessant yelling and name-calling and nitpicking and on and on. And finally, Jim, he couldn't take it. And he says to that parrot, he says, shut up, you stupid, ugly bird. To which uh, the parrot replied, sick him, Brutus. (laughs) How many guys would say, because Jim, unfortunately, wouldn't follow some simple instructions, (laughs) that his day was about to get even worse? Okay. And folks, believe it or not, uh, I see the same unfortunate situation uh, awaiting our whole planet uh, probably here pretty soon. Only it won't be from being chased by a giant Rottweiler. It's going to be being placed under the wrath of God. And the Bible is clear. Why? Because they wouldn't follow simple instructions. All you got to do is pray and ask Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins. Confess him as Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the grave. The Bible says you will be saved. But they won't do it. And the Bible says because of that, your day went from bad to infinitely worse for the next seven years if you're going to even survive that. And even if you somehow survived at the back end of the seven-year tribulation, and if you're still not born again, and you still don't cry out to God, the scripture says the angel is going to come and harvest you and throw you straight into hell. Just follow the simple instructions. There's a way out. Okay? And, uh, but as again, we've been seeing, God's not just a God of wrath. He's a God of love as well. And because he loves us, he gives us so many warning signs, heads up, advance notice. Why do you think that nearly one-third of this book, the Bible, deals with prophecy? Because he's, he's not willing to any should perish. I'm giving you heads up. Here's what to look for. I'm not going to tell you the exact day of the hour. Why? Because we would goof off, wouldn't we, to the very end as Christians. Oh, I guess five minutes to go. I better start serving Jesus. Right? Or if you're not safe, yeah, I'm going to send up a storm, yeah, oh, five minutes, okay, I'll get saved. To... He doesn't tell us the exact date they are, but he tells us when it's getting close, right? And believe it or not, folks, another one that we're going to deal with, we already dealt with uh, 20 weeks on the Jewish people, 16 weeks on modern technology, and 20-some weeks on AI. Well, there's tons of prophecies, and to me, each one of those is just another facet of God's love. How many different ways has he got to tell us, I love you, I'm warning you in advance, please get saved, follow simple instructions, please, please, please. And believe it or not, as crazy as it sounds, another one of those signs that we're going to take a look at, uh, this one today specifically, is this hybrids and the return of the days of Noah. And you go, It sounds like a science fiction movie. Well, it is, uh, except it's our reality, right? And and whether you realize not, as crazy and as eclectic as that sounds, hybrids and the return of the days of Noah is exactly what Jesus said you can expect to reoccur on the planet right before He came back at his second coming. But as always, don't take my word for it. Let's listen to his. He clearly tells us you don't need to uh, find some hidden secret Hebrew Greek word and some you don't have to buy a super high-powered computer to find some secret Bible code to find out that me- No, this is plain as day what Jesus is saying. Here's another sign, not just the Jewish people in general, not just modern technology, not just artificial intelligence, but this one... The days of Noah are going to repeat. Here's what he says. Matthew 24, verse 36 through 39 uh, is our opening text. But right here, I love this. No one knows about that day nor the hour. But wait a second. I got a calculator. No one knows about that day nor the hour. No, I got seven calculators. No one knows about the day. I got a math degree. No one knows about, yeah, but God told me to tell you I had a vision and I got this light shined on my armpit, this no one knows the day nor the hour not even the angels in heaven nor the sun but only the father but I'm not going to tell you exactly when but I'm going to give you a sign and then what's he say as it was in the days of Earl no the days of who he specifically called it out Noah right so it will not maybe not might it will be at the coming of the son of man for in the days before the flood here's the sign right here people were what what were they doing the Bible says that Noah was a preacher of righteousness for 120 years. He's preaching away. And how do they apparently respond to his message? Ah, eh, yo, crackpot. They're just what? Eh, no big deal. Judgment, smudgement of God. I'm just, they're, gonna, they're eating and drinking, marrying, giving in marriage, up until the day that Noah in the ark. Now, is that being fulfilled today? When you try to tell people about Jesus, you better get in the ark of Christ right here. You better get saved. Follow the simple instructions. Well, eh, whatever. I got I to gotta go to work tomorrow. I want to get married first. I want to get same attitude, right? And that's what he said, until the, the flood came and took them all away. It says, he says, and they knew nothing about what would happen To the flood came and took them all away. This is, again, he says it emphatically, how it not, maybe not might, it will be until the coming of the Son of Man. You may be seated if you can, but again, this is the classic passage. Jesus gives another sign. What do you need to look out for on the sign of the planet right before he's coming back? Now, the coming back he's talking about here contextually in Matthew 24 is not the rapture. He's talking about his second coming, which happens at the end of the seven-year tribulation, right? So these events are going to culminate in the seven-year tribulation, but we, the church, leave prior at the event called the rapture, okay? So it just, if anything, we still don't know the date and the hour, but if anything, it means it's just that much closer. Right, Because you're talking to Jesus' second coming at the end of the seven-year tribulation. But he says, hey, what, what's going to happen? He says, well, apparently there's going to be a repeat of the days of Noah. And in this text, again, he gives us one of the signs on the planet. All of a sudden, people are going to have this attitude, no matter how much you tell them about the coming judgment of God. As Peter says, they're not only going to be scoffers, but they're just going to ignore it and say, that living life as usual, who cares, whatever. And that's being fulfilled today. But if you want to get even more of what was going on in the days of Noah that Jesus says is going to repeat on the planet before he came back, then the classic text is Genesis 6. That's where we get the most accounts. So let's take a look at what was going on also in the days of Noah, right? And see if that's being repeated too. Genesis 6, 1 through 7, When men began to increase in number on the earth, and daughters were born to them, the sons of God, angels, and you're going to see in the context fallen angels because watch what they were doing. The sons of God, the angels, saw that the daughters of men were beautiful, and they married any of them that they chose. And then the Lord said, that's it? My spirit will not contend with man forever. He is mortal. His days will be 120 years. The who? The Nephilim were on the earth in those days and also afterward when the sons of God, fallen angels, went to the daughters of men and had children by them. And they were heroes They're of old. They were men of renown. We'll get into that in a second. Then the Lord saw after that, that's it? I'm done. You just crossed the line with that one. And watch what he says. The Lord saw how great man's wickedness on earth had become, and that, listen, every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil all the time, right? And the Lord was grieved that he had made man on the earth, and his heart was filled with pain. So the Lord said, I will wipe mankind, whom I created from the face of the earth, men and animals and creatures that move along the ground and birds of the air, for why? I am grieved that I have made them. Why? Why? Because the two other signs that were given here, we saw the first sign was people with the lackadaisical attitude, have ah, judgment of God, whatever, I'm living my life the way I want to live my life. And they ignore it, the loving warning. He gives you two more things here in the days of Noah, and there was two sets of wickedness. And the first wickedness that he mentioned there, which is crazy, right? Mankind was continually thinking evil all the time, and it grieved God, and he says, that's it. Good thing we don't live in that society. I think it's when you break it down what, what God considers sin. See, we've become desensitized to sin. Yeah, right. Right? Our whole world is promoting sin, making money off of sin, encouraging, educating, if you will, in sin. It's everywhere. When you take a look at that, oh, we're there. Like this video shows. Watch this. Stock
1: market plummeted to record lows yesterday
2: based on speculation.
3: It came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth. The Lord saw that man's
0: wickedness had become great, and that the thoughts of his heart dwelled only on evil.
2: The earth was corrupt in God's sight and full of violence, for the people had corrupted their ways. The Lord
0: regretted that he had made man, and his heart was filled with pain.
3: So the Lord said, I will wipe my creation from the face of the earth men and animals, creatures that crawl on the ground and birds of the air, for I'm grieved that I have made them. But one man found favor in the eyes of the Lord,
0: one righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, who walked with God. This is the story of Noah. Noah answer the story of us today when you break it down continually wickedness everywhere we're just frankly there even as christians we're desensitized to it our world it's all about sin 24 hours a day seven days a week we live in it the scripture encourages us we're in this world but don't be of it Be, be a noah for your generation right but folks that's being repeated today so so now we got two out of three going on. You know, signs to indicate the days of Noah before Jesus come back. What's he say? Number one, this lackadaisical attitude towards the judgment of God. Ah, whatever. I'm just going to eat, drink, marry, party, do whatever I want to do. Yeah, whatever. And, and and then we live in a society. It's going to repeat the the thoughts the thoughts of mankind was continually wicked and evil. But wait a second. There's another one that was mentioned there. A second wickedness in the Genesis account, and that was some sort of a hybrid creation of mankind. In fact, it called it out, it created something called a Nephilim. So the question is, well, what in the world is a Nephilim? Well, it's the Hebrew word Nephil, and it means, as was translated, heroes of old, men of renown. But literally in the Hebrew, that word means giants. Okay, and so you stir all this together. How do you know that uh, you're getting close to the return of Jesus Christ, the second coming, at the end of the seven-year tribulation, uh, you got three things, as we just saw. You got a lackadaisical attitude towards the judgment of God, dare I say, scoffing. You got continual wickedness. We're already there, too. And then you're going to have some sort of a hybrid creation going on. I use the word hybridization of humanity. Now, I can see the first two, but come on. Is that really happening today as well? Yeah. Now, I want to take a little detour, because when you see the remains of all that perished at the flood which is what we find buried in the dirt, by the way. You know, it's like one guy said, if there really was a worldwide flood and it destroyed all of life, animals and plants and people and all that stuff, then you would expect to find billions and billions of dead things buried in rock layers all over the planet. You know what we find? Billions and billions of dead things buried in rock layers all over the planet. Well, duh, there's no evidence for the flood. Get a shovel. Right? Now, what you're going to see is that everything prior to the flood was giant. And I want to to, to explain that because it wasn't all because of the Nephilim hybrid fallen angel thing, but what we find buried in the dirt, the dead things from the flood, they were pretty big. And the first reason that everything was big, and I'm talking plants, animals, insects, you name it, was because of the pre-flood atmosphere that got destroyed after the flood came. Right? Let's take a look at some of that scientific proof.
1: Is it possible that environmental conditions of past ages favored the development of giants? Certainly we know from fossil evidence that some species like dinosaurs grew many times larger than they do today. Optimal genetic expression means the best that the organism has within the DNA is expressed because of favorable atmospheric conditions life on this earth as we know it no longer has the same life expectancy as it did at the time of the flood. A thinning of the ozone layer means less protection from the ionizing radiation from space and less protection for plants and animals. Being interested in Earth's original conditions, after 35 years of research on those parameters I've attempted to reconstruct that context. And in so doing, I've had our engineers build a biosphere that doubles the atmospheric pressure, that increases the electromagnetic energy, that increases the ratio of oxygen, but not to the level of toxicity, that eliminates ultraviolet radiation, etc. And the experiments that we've run have been very gratifying. In our controlled scientific experiment, we have measured the effects of a pulsed electromagnetic field on biological systems. We have these pacu pirana fish that normally, at three and a half years of age, are about this size under optimal conditions. Yet we have them now in excess of 20 inches, weighing just under five pounds each. Under these controlled conditions, we have succeeded in producing giantism at an accelerated rate. Under these described conditions, plants and animals would live longer, be much larger, and that's precisely what we find in the geologic column, in the fossil record. Plants were much larger, all living systems were larger. Everything was larger in the past.
0: Interesting. I don't know about you guys, but I'm very tempted to get that information and create my own pre-flood biosphere. Put my wiener dog in there. <laughs> Give me six months, you won't be laughing at me. Look at that little ankle biting. Yeah, you little butch. You think that Rottweiler gym encounter was bad? <laughs> my pre-flood wiener dog. Right? But isn't this wild? Right? Now, let's go on that again. This is, this is just living in the pre-flood world produced giantism. We can prove that scientifically. Not just biblically, of course. Biblical is the first. But let me give you some other examples of what they find buried in the dirt around the world. Everything was big. It was huge. Giants. Dragonflies today that got about a four to five inch wingspan in the pre-flood world in the fossil record. They had a five foot wingspan. How how would you like to be driving down the road and that thing hit your windshield? (laughs) It'll take you out, put you in the back seat and send you to the hospital. But that's what we find, isn't that? Well, five foot wingspan, dragonflies? Well, guess what? They find beetles that grew the size of baseball gloves in the fossil record. They find fossilized cockroaches one and a half to two feet long. Yeah. That lady's trying to hit it with the broom. You better get a shotgun. Okay. Uh, But speaking of shotgun, they also find fossilized crickets and grasshoppers two feet long. Yeah, that's, that's pretty gross. But watch this. They find monstrous spiders. This is a fossilized tarantula one and a half feet long. Yucko, yucko. Uh, they find, listen to this shotgun is right. Centipedes eight and a half feet long. I remember when we lived in New York, we had a basement and uh, we're down there. I turned into this family room, but it was kind of damp and creepy that we had bugs back there, but they had these like uh, millipede things, right? all these like 55 million legs on it. Right. And uh, we were down there watching TV one time. And all of a sudden that thing just, I won't tell you who, but somebody screamed like a little girl. Right. And, uh, but that, that was only about that long. Can you imagine eight and a half feet long? That's what they find. This is not make-believe, All right? Uh, they found a uh, hornless rhinoceros, 18 feet tall, 30 feet long. Everything got bigger prior to the flood. They also find fossilized beavers, eight feet long. And one guy says, well, that makes sense. If you got bigger trees in the pre-flood days, you need bigger beavers to chew them down. And the trees, the fossilized stumps that they have found, one of them that I came across in my research, uh, based on the circumference of the stump, the fossilized stump, 1,000 feet tall. Some say even higher. Well, that makes sense. You need a bigger beaver to chew that baby down, right? <laughs> right? And then fossilized fish, not whales, fish, 72 feet long. Just a fish, not a whale, just a fish, right? Sharks, enormous, 80 feet long, sharks, right? And uh, pigs grew the size of cattle, Uh, that they find. uh, They found a fossilized remain of a giant penguin almost as tall as a man. That's it. He'd have to really wear a a real tuxedo, right? (laughs) Listen to this. Water scorpions, eight feet long. I don't like swimming in the ocean, period, but that will keep me out for life. Eight and a half foot long water scorpion. That's crazy. They find rodents uh, the size of an economy car. Their head as big as a cow's head. Fossilized donkey in Texas, they discovered, was nine feet high at the shoulder at the shoulder was nine feet high. Kangaroos they found, 11 and a half feet tall. This is a turtle still on display as far as I know in Yale Museum, 10 feet tall. A turtle, that's a lot of soup, right? right? And uh, uh, listen to this, you, you hunters. Deer antlers, 12 feet in width. I'll pause for the tears. <laughs> right. Okay, isn't that crazy? Uh, giant geese weighing more than a half a ton have been found. This is a display of this bird with a 25 foot wingspan, right? Uh, The feather, just one feather, was five feet long and a half a foot wide. Massive. Everything got bigger before the flood, including sloths. Today they're only about the size of a monkey. They find them 20 feet tall uh, in the pre flood world. Watch this. This was in Peru. They found a giant armadillo, roughly the size of a Volkswagen beetle. Big mess of things. Now you hit that one with your truck. It ain't going to, yeah, you're the one in trouble, right? And then, here's interesting, they find lizards up to 23 feet long, over 1,300 pounds. And they say, well, wait a second. He says, that's interesting, because dinosaurs means terrible lizards. Right, And he says, uh, reptiles have the potential of growing throughout their entire life. They don't have a cut off mechanism. They'll just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So he says, you throw that back into the pre-flood world. If reptiles lived uh, longer like they did the pre-flood world with all this atmosphere, giantism, they would be, quote, what? Dinosaurs, terrible lizards in just a few hundred years. Wait a second, we've been lied about. Yeah, get our creation study. If you want to hone in on that one, get our uh, study called Dinosaurs, The Truth About Dinosaurs, or just get our whole creation study called The Witness of Creation, and we expose that on Massive Detail. But, the, but, but the, I wanted to bring that out because when it comes to this Nephilim talk, some people you know, say all that was from, I, I'm not convinced necessarily that what we just saw with the bugs and the spiders and the cockroaches was, was an angel hybrid. No. However, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. I do believe that there was a fallen angel hybrid, specifically called Nephilim, that were giants. And that was done with people and fallen angels. So, my point is that hybridization of humanity is that being repeated today? Yes. Yes. In fact, it's going on a scale that basically I'll say this all of God's creation, as we sit here, is being hybridized out. And we know God's coming back to judge the planet but I'm convinced he has to because at this rate when I'm we're going to in our study the next few weeks when you see what they're doing as we sit here they've been doing for years whether we realize it or not whether it's being reported in the news or not he has to because if he doesn't there will be nothing left original on the planet and I'm talking all of God's creation and I want to share with you uh, some of the ways that that's happening the first way is we're seeing a repeat of Noah's day, a hybridization of God's creations, starting with plants. Now, basically, pick a plant, any plant you can think of, and folks, including by the way, the ones we ingest for food, and they're already being genetically modified, right? Uh, and I want to share with you, and it's been going on for decades. In fact, some, some of the things that they're doing to plants today are, are, are just, it's like freaky scientific movie stuff. It's like, what are you, what are you doing? Okay. How many guys saw that movie uh, Avatar. And they go in that forest, and one thing about the forest is the trees glowed in the dark. Okay, cool. They're making glow-in-the-dark trees. You know why? Because don't you know they want this new green deal. They want to go green. And in order to save the planet and save electricity, we're going to genetically modify trees to become the new streetlights. Sounds funny. Guess what? They're already doing it. It's crazy with with irreversible side-effects watch this
2: MIT researchers have made an important breakthrough in their quest to make plants that glow in the dark a reality In what they call plant nanobionics the engineers embedded nanoparticles into the leaves of a watercress plant that caused the plants to give off a dim glow for three and a half hours Their next goal is to create plants bright enough to illuminate a workspace. But, if successful, the technology could also be used to transform trees into self-powered streetlights, the scientists claim. The team's ultimate goal is to engineer plants to replace many of the functions currently performed by electrical devices and appliances. The vision is to make a plant that will function as a desk lamp, a lamp you won't have to plug in.
0: (laughs) I'm sure nothing will go wrong with that you know tweaking with God's design that's just they admit that uh we're flirting with disaster here uh and, and and watch this quote Brasilia considers transgenic trees that's what they call these they're basically genetically modified and they uh are here's the danger they say these genetically engineered eucalyptus trees produce about 20% more wood than conventional trees, and they're going to be ready for harvest soon. The trees were developed by Future Gene uh, Company, and the trees' speedy growth also, listen, boosts the absorption of carbon dioxide from the air about 12%, quote, to aid in the fight against greenhouse gas emissions. So now you're not only making them glow in the dark, you're tweaking them from God's original design. Trees were not made to be glow in the dark, and God has his good reasons. But now you want to modify them so they will literally change the atmosphere. What could go wrong with that? <laughs> Under this guise of, we've got to save the planet. But they continue. The genetically modified trees, quote, do pose some biosafety issues. And here's the, they say, it's a potential danger on the plants and animals around them. Why? Because guess what? There's always the danger in any genetically modified plant or crop of what? Cross-pollination. And they're saying the trees make it worse because last time I checked, trees are bigger than corn or wheat. They're bigger. And so that means the, the, the pollen from these new genetically modified trees can go way further on all kinds of plants. And they even say in the same article, including plants that bees like to use to harvest for nectar that gets turned into honey that we eat. So just one tweak will quickly spoil it down eventually to you and I as humans. And you're ingesting these weird, freakish, irreversible changes that can mess up all kinds of life on the planet. Uh, and, and they admit this, and this is a direct quote, this could have ripple effects worldwide. Turn to somebody and we say, duh. <laughs> and say, like, well, why are you doing this? I, I, I go back to Romans chapter 3. There is no fear of God before their eyes. And they are, just, isn't that just like Satan? Take all of God's creation, he not only takes God's truth, and what's he do? Every single time. He twists it, contorts it, perverts it. That's what he does. Exact opposite, messes it up. And so here he is now in these last days with science, not using fallen angels, but science. Maybe the fallen angels, demons, inspired these people in science. I'll give you that. But here he is now tweaking, twisting, contorting, perverting all of God's creation just in time for the last days. Now, it gets even worse than that. They've also developing something called gene sprays. On plans and this is what they're they're saying. This is gonna be great man Because you know in case you can't make up your mind watch this Uh, You don't like the look of the roses in your garden one day You might be able to buy a spray that changes the color of your flowers by silencing certain genes Companies like Monsanto are already developing gene silencing sprays that disable vital genes And then you're gonna market that over-the-counter let alone do it on what what? Well, wait wait a second. If you, if you can do that for plants and you just, I mean, it happens that fast is what they're saying. I, I just sprayed on it and zzz, it literally changes color genetically before my eyes. Well, if you could do that with plants, a gene spray, then couldn't you do that to animals? Hey, wait a second. Could you do that to people? And go back to the plants. I mean, if you had some nefarious purpose or wanted to take out a large swath of humanity. You know, they, they use crop dusters and get a whole field all at one shot with this spray. And, but what would happen if you did a gene spray on the human population? Whether purposely or not or whatever. I mean, I mean and then certain genes would shut off and it, it would just, just like, it changed just. Is this why you're coming out with all these zombie movies? <laughs> I'm not gonna say, thus saith the Lord, but it makes me think. I mean, you literally could do that. You could fly overhead, (laughs) spray, and people... Because I'm sitting here going, like, there's got to be a reason, right? Uh, Obviously, I'm not a big fan of those shows. Uh, I don't think you should be watching those shows. But I'm going, like, why do they keep pushing this? It's like, that was back in the 1950s with Abin Costello, the black and white creature of the Black Lagoon, the zombie, the mummy. The mummy always got me because these guys... "Ah!" And that thing goes this fast. Uh, And so, but (laughs) as goofy as that is, it's the same thing. The zombies. (laughs) Uh, But I'm going, Kevin, that was all, why are they, today, it's one of the hottest shows. Zombie this, zombie this, blah, blah, (laughs) blah. Why are you pushing that? Why are you pushing that right now? Unless.
1: Desensitizing.
0: Exactly. I think you're decent, because you know what could potentially come, or maybe you do have some nefarious purposes. And that's your fast track way to spray and get rid of a bunch of people, (laughs) right? So, also, the other aspect that they're saying is not only the gene sprays, but this is the issue. So, well, okay, I'm, I'm going I'm to stay away from those gene sprays. I'm just going to have an umbrella, right? And I'm going to stay away from those glow-in-the-dark trees, and I'm going to stop eating honey. They're not going to genetically modify me. Well, this is, the, this is the debate on what's called GMOs or genetically modified organisms, including the organisms that we ingest. Now, what blew me away in my research, I thought, well, you know, surely they're going to uh, stick a label on it and at least give us a heads up to make a choice. Well, Ron, as nice as that sounds, stop calling me Shirley. But two, uh, no, they're not. No, they're not. In fact, when I went into the research, I discovered that basically we're already eating genetically modified foods and we don't even know. Yeah, that's true. Okay, and I'm going to show you that in a second. But, but here, see, Lord willing, our next study, we're going to get into this technology to genetically modify humans It's called CRISPR. You guys heard of CRISPR? Basically, CRISPR, we'll get into this in great detail, Lord willing, if we're still alive and still here next time, uh, it literally can slice and dice the DNA by the single strand, just like a movie strip. I don't like that little scene. I, I take it out and I put it back together. They're doing that, and they've been doing that since 2012, on the genetic DNA level. But people, oh, okay, I'm going to stay away from these glow-in-the-dark trees and we get umbrella from the gene spray. I'm not going to eat honey and I'm not going to go to a laboratory uh, and get (laughs) CRISPRed. This is what's called epigenetics. There's different ways that you can actually have your human genome changed epigenetically, turning genes on, turning them off, okay? And odds are it's already being done. Okay, let me give you a couple out there. And this is from there. This is, there's different ways you can be genetically modified and uh, without ever getting CRISPRed. Let's take a look at that. First of all, uh, certain additives and plastics, they say, can modify your genome. Not to freak you out too much, but what is basically we rely upon for just about all of our storage and including drinking water. And they're saying certain additives, this is the secular, this is not some conspiracy stuff. They're saying that could genetically modify if you're not careful with certain additives that's in there. Uh, A lack of exercise, they say, can alter your genome epigenetically. A lack of certain nutrients, they say, can modify your DNA. And much of the stuff that's being filtered down to us, uh, they've taken out a lot of the good nutrients uh, and replaced it with a lot of chemicals, and there is a legitimate aspect, uh, a concern with that. You know, go back to doing it yourself like the way God designed it. Even childhood abuse or other forms of trauma, that can actually alter your DNA. They're saying addictive behaviors, watch this, with what? Marijuana can alter your DNA as well as what? Your future offspring as well. And what is being passed in state after state in the United States of America? And they think, oh, it's fine. These people, they're cool. They don't hurt nobody and it'll be fine. And excuse me. Not only are they finding that every state that opens the allowance of marijuana usage, that it actually uh, causes harm to that state, but now they're admitting you keep that up, it's going to alter your DNA and your future offspring. We don't even know the long-term effects of just that decision to begin to, to, to legalize that. Uh, starvation. Uh, if a person goes through starvation uh, for a period of time, it can alter your DNA. And here it is, Vaccines. Vaccines, it's now, this is secular research. Vaccines can be used to alter your genetic makeup whether you want it to or not. Why? Because you're putting something into your body externally that then can affect it uh, uh, genetically. In fact, as we mentioned before in our COVID update study, okay, two of the vaccines admittedly are to rewrite your genetic code with the mRNA, the Pfizer uh, one being one of them. Uh, with the, but there's two of them out there. So, so they even admit that they're specifically designed to change your DNA, right? And again, and again so and I bring that up because people say, oh, I'm just going to stay away in this little bubble. No. There's different ways for you to be genetically modified even as a person without you even knowing about it. Now let's get back to the food aspect, right? Okay, maybe you didn't make it into CRISPR and you stayed away from those who glow in the dark trees and didn't eat honey and had an umbrella, right? But watch this. this. This really was concerning to me. They're basically saying everything that we're already eating is probably not even the original from what it used to be. And this is a quote from the University of Florida, right? And they said, there is, listen, there is not a single crop that I know of in your produce aisle that is not drastically modified from what is out there in the wild. And this one came from Consumer Reports, what I'm about to show you. I'm not gonna read it to you. You have to see this with your own eyes. This is Consumer Reports, not ChristianWackyConspiracyGuide.org, Consumer Reports. And here's what they admit. According to Consumer Reports, what they say? direct quote, pretty much every food sample that they tested contained GMOs, including things like breakfast cereals, baby formulas, how about those veggie burgers, and even popular chip brands from consumer reports. And you think, well, if it's got harmful effects, they're going to let us know. No, there is no transparency. There is no regulatory board on all this. And they say, all that is known about such research development activities comes from the published academic papers that companies have chosen to disclose to us. What does that mean? You're only getting the information they want us to know. And I think they're going to tell you that? Of course they're not, right? Right? But that's what's going on, okay? But that's just plants. Remember what is this? How do you know you're living the last days? How do you know you're getting close to the second coming of Jesus Christ? Repeat of Noah's day. You got this lackadaisical uh, attitude towards uh, the judgment of God, that's here. You got the thoughts of man, continually wicked all the time, that's here. But you also have a hybridization of humanity. And again, we just saw plants. Let's now move on to the next one. This one really bugs me. It's insects. Come on, I waited all week to share that. Yeah, put it in your pocket for later. Bring it out about three hours from now. Hey, that was funny. Did you hear that past Billy Insects? Johnny said bugs me. Yeah. Whatever. It still ain't working. Let's just move on. Now, again, I'm going to have to blow through this section, okay? But again, to drop the, uh, the plug, uh, basically what we're doing is we're hitting highlights of our 32-hour documentary called Hybrid Super Soldiers and the Coming Genetic Apocalypse. So if you want to get more, get that study. Okay, but I'm just going to blow through this evidence of what they're doing uh, to uh, genetically modify the insect world, right? And this has actually been going on for decades. It was, yeah. How many of you guys remember the killer bees, right? Okay, the killer bees, uh, and, and how did that work out, by the way? Not good, right? So let's take a look at what happened with that.
3: Killer bees. What can go wrong when humans meddle with nature? For an answer, look to the 1950s, when the European honeybee was crossbred with its African counterpart. With the intention of increasing the production of honey, the insects were released into Brazil. But these Africanized honeybees turned out to be highly aggressive, and two swarms of them managed to escape quarantine in 1957. After spreading throughout the Americas, they became known as killer bees due to their antigenistic nature they can deliver more than 10 times the stings of a European honeybee. In addition to amassing in swarms of more than 800,000 individuals, they're known to have killed about 1,000 humans. And since these tiny terrors can survive in habitats ranging from jungles to deserts, there's no escaping them.
0: What could go wrong? You know, we just decided to tweak one of God's creations, and oops, a couple of them got out, and we're still dealing with... That was back in the 50s, folks when they originally did that. And do you think it's going to change now? Do you think that, no. What's the old axiom? Those who don't learn their history are doomed to repeat it. Turn to somebody and say, we're doomed. (laughs) Because these guys are taking this on a scale with insects. Like you thought the plants were bad? You ain't seen nothing yet. Watch what they're doing to insects. And I'm talking about all kinds of insects. And it's not coming, it's already being done. Flies, fruit flies, moths, silkworms, wasps, beetles, butterflies, you name it. And of course, one of the big ones, not just bees, is mosquitoes. And guess what? They're genetically modifying mosquitoes. They got, they got all these, oh, yeah, we're going to help get rid of the... Guess what they're running into, just like the killer bees? Major mega problems, including killing people. All because you had to mess with God's design. Now, this is just a headline, one of them. GMO mosquito experiment goes, quote, horribly wrong. This is secular, folks. Insects adapt and overcome, transforming, listen, into super mutant mosquitoes, quote, that could cause mass death across South America where they were doing this. <sighs> Tell you what, good thing's not coming here. It's already here. This is crazy, folks. You can see it. Genetically modified mosquitoes have been given the okay uh, for a first U.S. test flight. Well, wait a second. If they've already run into problems in South America saying it could kill people, then why are you doing... This ain't good, folks. And this is just one insect they're doing with this. Earth. Not even counting all the other plants. You wonder why God's going to come back and shut all this baloney down, right? And we're just getting started, okay? Now, here's some of the dangers. Remember the killer bees? They just, hey, look, they're just bigger. No, they were what? They turned in to be more aggressive, and then they went after and killed people, hence killer bees. Well, they are purposely genetically modifying these insects, including mosquitoes, with, quote, injecting chemicals into the brains to stimulate worker-like hunting behaviors, Dude, that's bad enough that you got to do this all day long. And then they... uh, The term they have, check it out. It's called riddle, right? Riddle me this, Batman. R-I-D-L. And here's what it stands for. The release of insects carrying dominant lethals. In other words, quote, riddle is a strategy using genetically engineered insects, quote, that carry a lethal gene in their genome that causes death in another organism, but I'm sure they're just stinging themselves and other insects. (laughs) Are you crazy? That's why the South American one says it could cause death. Mass death. That's their words, not mine. This is nuts. Why are you doing that? Purposely making mosquitoes even more aggressive and then inject chemicals that when they sting, it's already being done. This riddle thing with this death thing from... Has been used in the Grand Cayman Islands, Panama, and Brazil. Okay, and they're uh, wanting to develop it for the use in the diamondback moth, the medfly, and the olive fly. But nothing'll go wrong with that. This is crazy, folks. Okay, you wonder why God says I'm going to judge the planet again if you do this again, if you start creating hybrids again. I, mm-mm. I ain't going to let it go on forever, just like the first time. And folks, you're seeing it happen. Let me give you one more. Now, when you genetically modify organisms typically, what happens, including with insects, you can genetically modify them, and then they'll reproduce. But usually after about two to three generations, shocker, it's like they were designed by God, they go back to their original format. And God, you know, they go back to the original tape. And they go, well, that's great. At least if we, for, you know, a couple of generations have to put up with killer mosquitoes, we just got to hang out long enough with our umbrellas Right. Stay away from honey in those golden dark trees. Don't go into a CRISPR lab. We'll be okay. They've now developed something called gene drives. And a gene drive gives them the ability to drive this change genetically into an organism throughout the entire species. It won't revert back. So it forces the genetic change in a whole population with irreversible results. Check it out. It's called Gene Drives. And Gene Watch, this is a genetic watchdog group, says in regards to all this modification they're doing with insects, quote, there are no specific regulations for genetically modified insects in any country. And they are saying humanity has reached a tipping point of developing technology so profound, quote, their words, not mine, that it can destroy the human race. And you wonder why. God's coming back. Yes, he's going to put it into sin and evil, but dare I say the evil of the audacity of the scientific community that is now going so far that you're not just like Satan twisting and contorting, and perverting God's truth. You're taking all of God's creation because you think you are God with your technology and you're twisting, contorting, perverting it and there won't be anything original left if they keep it up. This is crazy. No, no wonder Jesus said, when you start seeing that going across the planet, oh, you better be sure I'm coming back. Because I'm going to put a stop to it. Crone translation. Let me give you one more. Uh, another one. Plants. Insects. Guess what comes next? Animals. Oh. I, and again, I'm only going to be able to hit the highlights of this, but let me give you just a, a, a few of the many, many, many concoctions of animals that they're doing. All right? Pick a plant. Pick an insect. They're already doing it. I'm telling you, pick an animal, including, again, the animals we ingest. And they're already modifying them into some pretty freakish uh, uh, examples. Oh, by the way, that's not Photoshop. That's really the size of that cow. We'll see that here uh, in just a second. But let me just give you rats. Rodents have been a long uh, one for decades. They've been using all kinds of experiments. But they're also popular when it comes to being genetically modified. It's been going on for decades now. Right now, here's just a few freaky concoctions that they're genetically modifying rats as if we don't have a big enough rat-mice problem right but here's just some headlines they're growing mice without an egg they're making mice that are see-through that's gross okay Uh, they're making armies of clone mice now we might get into this into another study if you think cloning went away with Dolly uh, no it's been going on in fact it's getting so commonplace that they're now offering services to clone your pet look at the news folks and they're saying humans are coming next my theory is they're already doing it. Combining rats with stingrays. So now they're mixing animals with other animals. Why would you want to do that? with you going to have rats that are going to get you at the tail? and, and this is, Why are you doing this? This is nuts. Why would you... They're growing rat limbs from scratch because they want to do that to human limbs next. What, what kind of a freaky... This is stuff that's already going on. Now, dogs... Right? I'm just going to hit some highlights of just different animals. Dogs, uh, they're huge. The dogs on, on, uh, they, they have glow-in-the-dark dogs, okay. but they're also making dogs with super big, giant muscles. Again, my wiener dog already has big, giant muscles, so I'll refrain from that experiment. Uh, but as you're going to see, the reason why they're doing it on dogs, because humans are going to be next. We want to create Captain America. Watch this. This is crazy.
2: They look like your average beagles, all frisky and rambunctious. But they have a special feature. Once you turn off the lights and shine an ultraviolet light on them, they glow. Scientists in South Korea have engineered these dogs with fluorescent genes. But the glowing can best be seen in these pictures. He says this shows that it is possible to successfully insert genes with a specific trait into a living animal. Scientists in China engaged in controversial research genetically modifying beagles to be more muscular. They doubled the muscle mass of these
3: beagles through the process of gene editing. We knocked out a gene which would ordinarily stop muscles from growing, so these dogs became much more muscular, Lai told us.
0: Why would you want to do that? I mean, I get it. There's times when you get bored on a Saturday afternoon, you have done all your chores, and and what am I going to do now? But why that? Okay. Well, I'm telling you, there's plans for it, right? Uh, Someone say that that's uh, a lead-in for humans. In fact, someone only say that they admit it in print. Now, I don't know if you can see the actual uh, print that's used there, but let me read it to you. It says, there, armies of super soldiers were a step closer to reality today after China announced it was genetically engineering uh, uh, types of uh, super muscular dogs." And then if you don't believe it, what's the picture they show? The super giant muscular dog next to who? Captain Captain America. Who, If you know that story, what'd he do? He was Mr. Scrawny guy, right? Don't look at me. And then they crammed him full of the genetic modification thing, put him in that cooker, and then he came out looking like me, right? I hope that's a good laugh. But they're saying what? We're working the bugs out on dogs. Don't kid yourself, humans are next. We're going to have a whole section, Lord willing, if we're still here, on super soldiers. That's already being done, right? Uh, dogs are just a test case. But again, they're cloning dogs. They're cloning cats and horses. Again, uh, look out in the print. A lot of famous celebrities, Barbra Streisand, they're already doing it. They've been doing it for years, cloning their pets. Uh, the prices are actually coming down. Uh, cats, I think it was like $20,000. A dog, $30,000. Horses, the clone horses, $50,000. That's still a lot of money, but these people can certainly afford it. These are actual services out there right now, okay, that they're doing. All right, cats. Speaking of cats, here's just a few things that they're doing with cats. They're, again, glow-in-the-dark cats. Now, is anybody starting to know a, 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 a common thread here? Glow-in-the-dark plants, glow-in-the-dark cats, and glow-in-the-dark dogs, and did these guys not have the, the glow sticks growing up? Was that was their problem? <laughs> did their mom refrain them from ever? Is this, is this their way to rebel? It's, everything's it's crazy, okay? A huge muscular cats, right? And watch this, using cat genes and soldiers to give them cat-like eye vision at night. They won't need those goggles anymore. You can genetically modify them to have that. Whoa, that's crazy. Pigs, they're messing up the pigs big time. Watch this. They, they're ma- making genetically modified pigs so that they're fat-free, Yeah. Last time I checked, <laughs> pigs, you want them fat. I make them good them bacon. Yeah. Right. But they're genetically modifying them so they're fat-free. And not only fat-free, they're making, listen, low-fat pigs, listen, using genes from a mouse. So they're inserting mouse genes. not coming. It's already being done. You may be eating it. You don't even know. Mouse genes into a pig. Now you're eating rat pig. But don't worry. It's low-fat. But what's that going to happen? What's that going to epigenetically have... What's that going to do to us? There's no long-term studies. We don't know, right? And they keep doing it. They're making, of course, super muscular pigs. This is their term, swine, <laughs> right? Huge, massive hogs, right? They're doing enviro pigs, pigs that produce less gas to supposedly help save the planet. They don't, you know... <laughs> crazy they're doing high omega 3 fatty acid pigs and this one they're using worm genes so not only you went from rat pig to worm pig last time I checked pigs got enough worms but you're messing with my bacon man uh, that, that, that's not good okay and they're also making micro pigs uh, genetically modified little teeny tiny pigs that they're s- uh, selling for pets out there okay and then of course shocker here it is glow in the dark pigs right all right let me give you a couple more cows that's an actual picture there they're not messing with the bacon only they're messing up our steak you know this is evil right uh super muscly cows that are freakishly big watch this this is nuts
2: you've heard the expression everything is bigger in texas well that isn't necessarily true in a small country of belgium super cows on steroids the bury bonds of bulls these super cows better known as the Belgium blue bulls, are genetically mated cows that scientist farmers have been working on for years. Each generation of new cows become bigger and stronger with double muscle mass for leaner and better beef.
0: Don't mess up my steak. You wonder why God's coming back? It gets even worse than that. It, 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 watch this folks they're making eugenic super cows so now they take these cows they're eugenics of course you meaning good genes good genes oh by the way who was involved in eugenics Hitler as we'll see in, in a future study you know what the new term they're calling it because they're doing this on people we'll get to that later Lord willing eugenics like, at least you try to hide it better it's crazy Right? But they're, they're taking these, eugenic, and then they're hiring them out and making it into a business. Well, you can mate my genetically modified cow with yours, and we're going to produce this and all that stuff. This is all going on. It's not coming. They've actually genetically modified cows so that they're more heat tolerant. Why? This one was crazy. This is to keep up with the South America uh, cattle market. Can't compete with the American cattle market because it's hotter down there, and the cows have a harder time. They, they can't grow them as fast and as rapid in, in, in the state that we can here, so they've actually genetically modified them so they can tolerate heat better to compete with the American market, but you, you just messed up the cow, right? Okay, hornless cows. They're genetically modified so they don't even grow horns, so you don't have to mess with that process if you know anything about that. Cows, listen, that produce human milk. I'm telling you, you gotta be here next time, Lord willing, if are still here. Because we're going to get into this with humans. They're mixing animal and human parts genetic modification together. And this is just one crazy concoction. Watch this.
3: Humans have been drinking it for millennia. Wholesome, healthy, full cream milk. But this dairy in Beijing isn't quite what it seems. These cows have all been genetically modified. And this is human breast milk. The Chinese scientists responsible successfully inserted the human breast milk gene into a cow embryo and then implanted it into a surrogate. You may find the idea hard to swallow, but these dairy workers disagree. They say it's stronger and sweeter than cow's milk. Bad. It's a world first in a country that's leading the stampede to embrace genetically modified food. China's pushing the boundaries of genetic modification, seemingly unperturbed by any ethical concerns.
0: In other words, nobody's stopping them from doing this. Whatever concoction they want to come up with. Now it's to the point it was creating what's called chimeras, human-animal hybrids, and now it's being marketed for people, humans, to ingest. And if you don't think that's going to have some problems... You're kidding yourself. All right? Let's take a look at these evil critters, also known as chickens. I had to throw this one in there. I mean, they're evil as it is, but watch what they're doing with them, making it even worse. Uh, they're making, of course, super meaty, genetically modified chickens uh, as well. They're making featherless chickens. You know why? They literally are, they won't grow feathers. That's to compensate because they have so many thousands of them in these uh, barns, these massive barns, and it creates a lot of heat, and they die from the heat. So now if you cre- genetically modify them with no feathers, they stay cooler. Well, it's like you created the problem, but now they make another problem genetically to fix the problem instead of, you know, it's just crazy. Uh, Now, they're calling them pharmaceutical chickens. Now, why are they doing that? Well, that's a play on the word because now they're producing drugs inside of the chicken egg so that when you eat the egg, you're taking your drug. Yeah, eggs are what I call embryonic evil. That's chicken in its early stages. And what you need to do is step on and squish it and when it's in that embryonic stage, Ruth, so that it doesn't grow up to become a menace to society. But it's bad enough. Now you've got to step it with both feet because inside that egg are drugs. It's crazy. Watch this.
1: Well, tonight, a new and unusual way to make medicine.
0: Researchers in Scotland say they have found a way to have chickens lay eggs filled with medicine. It's a method that could make some
2: drugs much more affordable. WBC's uh, Dr. Malika Marshall has the story. These chickens are far from ordinary. They're laying eggs containing cancer-killing drugs. Scientists at the University of Edinburgh have genetically modified birds to produce human proteins in their eggs that boost the immune system. Scientists say making medicine with eggs is up to 100 times cheaper than producing it in a factory.
0: Oh, yeah, nothing go wrong with that. What? It's crazy, folks, but we're still not done. Let me just give you a couple more quick. Uh, pick, pick, a, pick a sea life, amphibians, whatever. Not coming. They've already genetically modified them. And again, these are things that people typically eat from around the world. It, genetically modified frogs, snails, turtles, and even geckos. Of course, there it is. Shocker, glow-in-the-dark fish. Uh, genetically modified sea, cumbers, uh, sea cucumbers, lobsters, oysters, snails, crayfish. I grew up in Kansas. We called them crawdabs right? Uh, Shrimp, crabs, sponges, abalones, uh, and salmon, they grow with six-pack abs. They're freakishly huge. Uh, They call them frankenfish, right? Uh, That's, again, their term, not mine. It's crazy. Uh, Miscellaneous animals. Now, here's the concern. Every time you genetically, yeah, wait till you see it. I'm not making it up. Every time you genetically modify a plant, an insect, or an animal, it's not just that modification that has a danger. It has a danger of spreading goes out into the wild and then it mates with its kind and creates that and it begins to alter the species even without using the gene drive that forces it to happen, period. But these animals, that's the danger. You modify these cows, but what if it gets out? You modify these cats, but what if it gets out? You modify, right? They're going to go and mate. And then what would that do to the species? The, The frankenfish, this is their concern. And and they said this. One article said this. Well, these salmon that we genetically modified, um, we hope they don't get out. And and they said that. But don't worry. We feel that there's a 95% chance that they'll always stay contained. What about the other five? Hello? But watch these concoctions here. I'm not joking. They've combined spider DNA with goats. They've combined lambs with jellyfish. And they're even making something. They're just, I think they're just playing games now. Turtle ducks. Watch
3: this. Turtle ducks. One of the most unlikely hybrids we've encountered is the offspring of a turtle and a duck. The animals do share a common ancestor, but such hybrids couldn't be bred. But some researchers in 2013 found a way around that. The creatures' embryos were mixed, first by taking duck cells and implanting them into turtle embryos. A second experiment reversed that procedure, with turtle cells implanted into duck embryos. And all the creatures survived. One question remained though. Why would such a hybrid even be necessary? This is a story about silk and milk. The silk is from
2: golden orb weave spiders. Here you go, pumpkin. They're incredibly inquisitive, they're a lot of fun. The milk from specially bred goats. Good luck trying to connect those dots. So, what's the thread? There's a lot of interest in spider silk fibers because they're stronger than, than almost any other man-made fiber and they also are elastic. Because it's stronger ounce-for-ounce ounce than other materials, there are many possible medical uses, from artificial ligaments to sutures for surgery. So the question is, how do you produce large amounts of the material? Spider farms just don't work. They tend to kill each other. So molecular biologist Randy Lewis figured out how to put the spider's silk-making genes into goats. Yeah. Just four drops of protein processed from the milk can be spun into four yards of silk. So there will be a lot of applications, eye surgery, plastic surgery, nerve surgery. The lab is also introducing genes into alfalfa plants. So far, Lewis says he's seen no differences in the health or appearance of the transgenic goats.
3: Officials at the National Institute for Agricultural Research in France are currently investigating a major breach. A genetically modified research lamb bred to have the DNA of a jellyfish was sold to a slaughterhouse amongst a group of normal, unchanged livestock. It was then sold to a buyer in the Paris Metropolitan Region in October 2014 and is thought to have been consumed. The incident is believed to have been a deliberate and malicious act resulting from tensions among the staff.
0: <laughs> this stuff is secure. We got nothing to worry about. Uh, these guys know what they're doing, and they're going to keep it safe. Yeah, it's freaky, but we have no... All it took was one disgruntled employee. And it's already out there doing who knows what. Oh, by- And this one... Somebody ate it. So you didn't just eat a lamb, you ate a lamb that was also genetically modified with jellyfish. And I don't care how much peanut butter you eat after that, uh, it's worse than that. How many of you guys would say all this stuff is a really bad idea? Right? <laughs> John, you knew I was going to say that. They even admit it. We're getting ready to close. Humanity might someday, okay, here's what they want to do. I'm going to give you a couple buzzwords. You do the homework, and this is what they want to do. They want to make animals like humans. Here's two buzzwords. You look at up in print. This is their plant. They call it brain boosting. They also use a term called uplift. We're going to uplift the animal species to be like us. And here's their rationale think of all the the green deal people and save the planet this is what they want to do with all this technology quote humanity might someday meddle in another creatures on this planet and bestow upon them quote the gift of sapience that is the ability for animals to argue ponder store information appraise discuss create express manipulate tools so they can quote join us in the problematic task of being worthy planetary managers And they say, I mean, what's wrong with lending a hand to the others across nature's chasm so they can help us build starships? Maybe one of their ingrate teenagers of an animal will blame us later saying, hey, I didn't ask to be this smart. Anybody ever watch the reboot of the Planet of the Apes? That's what they want to do. And again, why are you rebooting those from the 70s when it first? Are you preparing us for something? And they go on this. Novels even portray a future in which sapient dolphins and apes serve on our councils, offer their own styles of wisdom, art, and insight, enriching earth civilization. Watch this. An earth civilization that is, quote, no longer only human. And the last one is this. They want them to talk like humans. Wasn't there another reboot of a movie called Dr. Doolittle? Why would you come up with that one? Well, here it is, folks. Scientists have already given mice the human speech gene that enables them to learn faster and makes it easier for them to speak. So they're putting human speech genes specifically in the mouse to get it to talk. And they said it's an attractive outcome, but the path to get there is fraught with dangers and moral hazards. Quote, what's to stop somebody from doing this? Uh, It rhymes with God. Rhymes with Jesus. Rhymes with you wonder why his wrath is going to be poured out on this planet for seven years nonstop. And then Jesus comes back and puts it all down. Because you have the audacity to repeat all of the days of Noah. What's there? It's, it's, it's happening right now as we sit here. It's not just the lackadaisical attitude that people have towards the judgment of God. You warn them about the coming judgment. They, eh, whatever, I'm going to eat, drink, and beer. That's been here for quite a while. It's not just that people are, oh, yeah, you know, they just think continually evil all the time, and we live in this, it works desensitize. That, that's been here for a while. But this giant issue, this hybridization issue, that one's new. But that one, too, the third and final one, is here now, too. And the way that I take that is this. Folks, uh, it is time to get motivated. Right? next time we're going to get into the human aspect Lord willing for still alive in here but what's Jesus say when these things begin to take place and they're taking place what's the deal I'm not going to tell you the exact dinner of the hour but I'm giving you a clear shot across the bow it's getting close and we're on the same mission that Noah had the first time that God judged this planet and we need to preach God's truth and be preachers of righteousness and warn people to get into the boat before it's too late because if you miss the boat, you're going to be left behind with seven years of God's wrath on this planet. In fact, for Noah's generation, it probably looks something like this. Watch this. <laughs> too late if you weren't in the boat by then it was too late it's the same thing today and Jesus told us when you see repeat what was going on those days that caused God's heart to be grieved and say that's it I'm judging the whole planet yeah. he says when you see that Noah's day society appear on the scene again I'm coming back and I'm gonna judge it again last time Noah warned his generation repeatedly out of love dare I say with tears There's only one way out, and you got to get into this wooden ark. It's the same message today. It's just a different vessel. Still wood. Last time it was an ark made of wood. This time it's the cross made of wood. Jesus Christ. There's only one way out. There's no other way out. You want to escape the next judgment? You need to come to the cross. You need to get into the ark of Jesus Christ. You need to do what the Bible says. God says that he is holy. We are not. The wages of our sin is death. We deserve to die and go straight to hell, myself included. We deserve the judgment of God. But because of his mercy, he sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross, to take the punishment for our sins. And the Bible says that that we would ask God to forgive us of our sins, and we trust that Jesus and his work alone on the cross is sufficient payment for our sins, and confess him as Lord and believe in our heart that God raised from the grave. The Bible says you will be saved. Now you're in Christ just like you could have been in Noah's day in the ark you're safe you won't go through that time Noah was not in a submarine going glub 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 he was above it all and the Bible says that when you place yourself in, in Christ you'll be above it all as God's wrath has poured on this planet for seven years nonstop if you haven't done that yet please do it now how many more signs does God got to give you Think about it. I'm not going to say it, thus saith the Lord. But how many people knows they scoffed until that first raindrop hit? And then as the Bible says, just like the video, God's the one who closed the door. Were they banging on the ark? Noah, I believe you now. Noah, let me in. It was too late. Don't make that same mistake. Come to Jesus today. Amen. Well, hi, this is Billy Crone of Get Life Ministries, and I hope you were blessed with this study. But in closing, let me ask you one final question. If you were to die today, are you sure that you go to heaven and not hell? Before you answer that, let me share a couple of things that the Bible says. Did you know that the Bible says that God is holy and that we are not, and the wages of our sin or unholiness is death? That's lying. Okay. How many guys have ever told a lie? Raise your hand. Okay. Well, if you didn't raise your hand, you just did. You just told a lie because we've all done that. Well, that makes us a liar. The another 10 commandment says that you shall not steal. Don't ever take anything without permission. How many of you guys uh, have ever done that? Well, you, you guys already said you're a bunch of liars. All of our hands should have went up on that one. And for being honest, God already knows. Folks, we've all taken something. We've stolen something, right? That makes us a thief. in heaven. We can become qualified. The, the word that the Bible uses is a word called pardon, that God is willing to pardon us of all of our sins and crimes that we've committed against him and disqualified us That disqualified us for heaven, right? And we've actually seen this work in real life. Uh, for instance, uh, there's been people who have committed crimes, gone to court, The gavel's been passed. The judge has said, hey, listen, we all know you're guilty. Uh, You even admit you're guilty. And uh, for your crimes, you're going to not just jail, you're going to uh, await in jail to go to the death penalty. And did you know that there actually is a way that somebody could get off of death row? It's called a pardon. The one in the authority, the governor, can grant what's called a pardon for that person's crimes, and they literally... God
2: bless.